Okay, we there? Yep. I'm reading from verse 28, Luke 19, 28. When he had said this, he went on ahead, going up to Jerusalem. And it came to pass, when he drew near to Bethage and Bethany at the mountain called Olivet, that he sent two of his disciples, saying, Go into the village opposite you, where as you enter you will find a colt tied, on which no one has ever sat. Loose it and bring it here. And if anyone asks you, why are you loosing it? Thus you shall say to him, because the Lord has need of it. So those who were sent went their way and found it, just as he had said to them. But as they were loosing the colt, the owners of it said to them, why are you loosing the colt? And they said, the Lord has need of him. Then they brought him to Jesus, and they threw their own clothes on the colt, as, uh, and they set Jesus on him. And as he went, many spread their clothes on the road. Then as he went, now drawing near the descent of the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of the disciples began to rejoice and praise God with a loud voice for all the mighty works they had seen, saying, Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. And I'll stop there. Amen. Lord, I want to lift up this precious word, Lord, and I want to thank you for it. Lord, it is the word that washes us clean. It is the word that purifies. It is the word that delivers us, Lord. It is the word that sanctifies and changes us, Lord. And I ask, Lord, as we, as I bring it, Lord, as we read it, Lord, I'm asking, Lord, it would be a very mirror to our lives, Father God, and through it, Lord, you would transform us into a greater level of likeness, a greater level of of the Lord Jesus Christ. We want to be conformed to His image. Lord, I ask, Lord, there would be a greater measure today of that in each of our lives. In Jesus' name I pray. And I also ask, Lord, that, Lord, it would be Your anointing upon me. I need Your anointing, Lord. I need Your power to bring this word. So, Lord, I'm asking for those words to be spirit and life today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. This, uh, this passage of Jesus coming into Jerusalem, this was just before he was going to the cross. This was a time where Zechariah in chapter 9, verse 9, prophesied exactly what was about to occur, that he would, Jesus would ride in to Jerusalem lowly sitting on a, a foal or a colt, which is the foal of a donkey. And this is the fulfillment of that passage. So this is one of the evidences of the prophecies that did come to pass, that Jesus did come on that donkey, that young donkey, that foal, sitting lowly. He came in as a complete humble servant. That donkey was probably quite small. His feet probably were almost to the ground, if not to the ground. But it showed those around him that here's a man coming lowly. There's a man coming in, compu- in complete humility, ultimately to the cross. And you know, if you, we as Christians ought to mimic and mirror everything that Jesus did, everything the Word of God, when it says particularly, I came to, when Jesus says, I came to, these are the things that we as Christians should, should do. One of them was I came to serve and not 
be served and give my life as a ransom for many. And here's this passage where Jesus has sent his disciples to get this cult. This cult, or this donkey, if you want to call that, was the only one. This was the one prophesied that Jesus would ride upon. And I don't know if you know much about cults or particular horses. They've got to be broken on. You can't, broken in rather. You can't just sit on any old horse you like unless it's been broken in. It's got to be trained essentially that it may be sat upon just like this donkey. But this donkey was completely surrendered. It was completely yielded. Now this passage is all about Jesus. Jesus is the center of everything. He's the center of our lives. He's the center of the scriptures. In this passage... It's the only time that I'm aware of where it says that Jesus had a need. It's the only time. It's the only time that Jesus had a need. And in fact, it's the same need he has today. Jesus says to his disciples, go out, I need this to finish the work I'm doing here. This cult, this donkey is what I will use It's going to be part of the work of God. I'm going to sit upon it and I'm going to come in lowly sitting on that donkey. That was a need that Jesus had that he sent his disciples to go and get. And like I said, that need is still here today. You see, in the Old Testament, God was with his people. The New Testament, Jesus was among his people. The church age today... The Holy Spirit is within his people. And that's for a purpose. And that is for the needs of the gospel. That is for the needs of expanding the kingdom. And this this cult, this donkey, this was something that was going to be used for the kingdom of God. But it was something that was going to have to be released. There was a giving up by the owners, and there'll always be a giving up of our lives. There'll always be a giving up for the kingdom of God. There'll always be something that you have got to give up to, to expand and to multiply the kingdom here on earth before Christ returns. It could be your time, often it is. It could be your money. It could be your resources. It could be your energy, everything. And that might look different to each and every one of you. But there's a cost. There's a cost to that. There's a cost to whatever it is that you have to give up. These owners of these cult, they had to give that thing up, that, that cult. And in those days, I'm sure that wasn't an easy thing to do. But like I said, there is something you are always going to have to give up to serve Jesus. And it's going to be costly. And it's going to be a sacrifice. But I want to tell you, there's no greater blessing than serving the Lord Jesus Christ. He came as a humble servant. It, it would have been humble enough to come from heaven and just be a king. But yet he stooped lower. And then he stooped lower. And then he stooped lower. Ultimately to the death on the cross. That's like me and you, almost, stooping low enough to be a little cockroach on the ground. The 
The level that he stooped in his complete humility was complete servanthood. And that is always a prerequisite for us if we're going to be servants of God. It is humility. Just like Jesus, he said, I came to serve and not be served. But this donkey, you see, like I said, donkeys, horses, they've got to be broken in. But this one was completely surrendered. It was completely yielded to the lordship of the Lord Jesus Christ. And whatever it is, I don't know what it is for you, but whatever it is that might be hindering you or stopping you, fulfilling the needs of the Lord Jesus Christ in ministry, it's got to be yielded. It's got to be surrendered to the work of God. Just like this cult was given up, it's got to be surrendered. It was given up by the owners. There's something in your life that you perhaps have got to give up and it's got to be loosed for the work of Christ. And Jesus taught us in John 12, the way of a servant. And I'll read it out to you. He said, Now there were certain Greeks among those who came up to worship at the feast. Then they came to Philip, who was from Bethsaida of Galilee, and asked him, saying, Sir, we wish to see Jesus. Philip came and told Andrew. And in turn, Andrew and Philip told Jesus. But Jesus answered them, saying, The hour has come that the Son of Man should be glorified. Most assuredly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it produces much grain. He who loves his life will lose it. And he who hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. If anyone serves me, let him follow me. And where I am, there my servant will be also. If anyone serves me, his um, him my Father will honour. Jesus sowed his life ultimately completely unto death for the sin of the world. His life was representing in that story that he gave, that, that wheat, unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it remains alone. So if I've got a grain of wheat and I haven't planted it, it's just going to remain alone. But if I plant it, he's saying, which is a life, which is a living organism, if that thing is planted into the ground, there is an opportunity for the kernel on the outside of that wheat, that very hard thing, to disintegrate and die. And what's beneath that, the living part, will produce. That is like our lives. Something has to die for it to be able to produce. That is our flesh, that flesh nature that is ambitious, that is sometimes selfish, that is sometimes not in line with the will of God, that thing, that flesh has to be sowed. And that kernel, like I said, is our outer shell. It's that fleshly nature of us that has actually got to be surrendered to the will of God. It's got to be completely surrendered. It has to die. It has to be completely yielded. And when you choose... When you choose God's will, you die to yourself. When you give up that commitment during the week to serve in ministry or on the weekend, whenever you give up that time in that sport or that hobby or that other commitment, that work commitment for Lord, Kevin said it before, he's no man's debtor. There is a reward for you. Jesus said that his father will honor the servant. He didn't say anyone else. He said specifically that you become a servant. You are a servant. God the Father, he said, my Father will honor 
Him. And that is, God loves each and every one of His children, but there's something significant about a servant, one that serves, one like Jesus who pours His life out for the work of God, who pours His life out for each and every one of us. Brother and sisters, you're serving. If you're serving, you're pouring your life out for those next to you. You're pouring yourself out like Jesus did. And God says, there's, there's an honor bestowed upon you from God the Father because He says that those who honor me, I will honor. Honoring is like something that is, it's, it's a lot of things. It's something that's not taken for granted. It's something that's prized highly. When we honor God, we are prizing Him highly. That's what honoring means. That's part of it. So there's that for you as you serve. So I'm talking to you today. If you are a servant already, I want to say that God honors that. He honors your service. And you may not see the full evidence or the full measure of what you have done until you get to heaven. But I want to tell you, there is honor there. God will honor that servant. And you might say, well, that's, that's a little bit arrogant, you know, that you want God to honor you. You should be honoring God. That's true. But I want to tell you, it's nothing wrong with wanting to be great for God. There's nothing wrong with wanting to be great and do mighty exploits for God. I want to tell you in, in Matthew 20, 20, this is where uh, the mum, the mother of James and John, that's Zebedee's sons, they came to Jesus and they wanted to be great. And his mum, his mum saying to them, to Jesus, sit my sons, James and John, one on your left and one on your right hand. And Jesus said, I can't do that. That's not my decision to make. But then he does say in verse 25, he said, you know, the rulers of the Gentiles lorded over them and those who are great exercise authority over them. Yet it shall not be so among you. But whoever desires to become great among you, let him be your servant. So they weren't rebuked for wanting to be great. He goes on in verse 27 and says, And whoever desires to be first among you, let him be your slave. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as life a ransom for many. See, the higher you want to go, the lower down you have to start. Jesus is saying that in that passage. He's saying, the, in, a, in essence, the lower, the higher you want to go, the lower you have to start. And there's no other way to promotion in the kingdom but to serve. And I want to tell you, every single person here, if you're listening to my voice, you have a place in the kingdom of heaven. You have a place to do his work in this kingdom. I don't know what it is, but 1 Corinthians 12, it tells us that one's an eye, One's an ear, one's a nose, one's a mouth. We all make up the one body. Christ is the head and we collectively are the body. We all make a part of that up. So if you're not in your place, the body's incomplete. The body needs you. We need one another. I need you just as much as you need me. The person next to you needs you just as much as you need them. We, there is something for all of us to do. Everyone has a place. And I know there's many of you who are serving. And maybe you're discouraged because you're serving and you're serving and you're serving and you're serving. I want to encourage you today that God sees it. And I want to say there is a great reward. There is rewards 
for serving, those that will last, those that will pass that test of fire, there is a great reward. There is a great reward for those people. And I want to say that Jesus said, if you are faithful in little, you'll be faithful in much. So I want to just ask you, if you are serving, maybe it's in a small ministry. Maybe it seems like an insignificant ministry. Just remember, God, it might be testing you. You might be doing the tea and coffee. You might be on the sound desk. You might be doing the toilets. You might be youth leading. Whatever it is, Jesus says, if you are faithful in the little, you'll be faithful in much. Now, you can see the little. You can see, it's possible to see the little as little. So you might be on that morning coffee roster or the youth roster, but you know God's got something better for me. I'm just, I'm just waiting out my time because God says if I'm faithful with little, he'll give me more. I'm just waiting out my time. I'll just, just do what's to be done. That's, that's not being faithful. See, you can see the little as little. That's not being faithful. Jesus wants you to see the little and give it your all. Give all of yourself to it. I learned that the hard way. I learned that one from experience. Seeing the little, or seeing the little in the little. God, excellence is kingdom. Everything we put our hand to, God expects our best. Doesn't matter what we're called to be or do, He expects the very best from us. And then when we're faithful in it, then He will lift us up. Then when we're faithful in the little, He'll give us more. Some people say, well, if I had something really big, I would be faithful with it. No, Jesus says, no, you, you'll be faithful in the little, and that, and that will prove to me you're faithful in the much. It all comes from serving. You may well be called to be a, you know, something that in man's view is significant, and you know that calling on your life, but I just want to encourage you that there's a process before you get there. There's a process, and I'm telling you that because I don't want you to make the same mistakes I did. There, whatever you're doing right now, doesn't matter how insignificant it is, you're doing it unto God. Don't ever forget, whatever you're doing, when you're serving your brother and sister, you're doing it unto God. Just as if He is here and you're serving Him. And that is our attitude that we are to take. And God looks for commitment. You might, you might be asked to do something might be a leader asking you to step out. Can you do this or can you do that? God might be the one calling you to do something. Go out, preach on the streets. Do something that is going to require you to be really bold. It's going to require maybe you to really go out of your comfort zone and it's going to stretch you. I want to say Hebrews 10 and I think it's verse 38. See the verse, it's 38, sorry. Hebrews 10, 38. It says, now the just shall live by faith. Listen to this. But if anyone draws back, my soul has no pleasure in him. So there might be a time where God is actually testing you in something that he's calling you to do. Or a leader's asked you to do something. I want to tell you that 
Bible says the just shall live by faith. See, when you actually accept what God's called you to do, or the leaders ask you to be and do, when you mix faith with that, the, the commitment releases the grace. And so you, the only progress in the Christian life is by faith. The only Christian, the only progress in the Christian life is by faith. But I love that scripture. Hebrews 10.38. See, faith is, it's a lifestyle, it's not an event. The only way you can have life is by living by faith. So whatever God calls you to do, it might be it might be hard, it might be difficult, it might be challenging, it might stretch you, but I want to tell you that once you commit to that thing, once you say, yes, I'm going to do it by faith, that commitment releases the grace. It's faith. It's complete faith. And I want to turn to... Where are we? Acts chapter 6. Because God looks for commitment. He looks for commitment. He's looking for servants. Acts chapter 6, this was a time, I'm going to read it from chapter 1, uh, chapter 6, sorry, verse 1. Now in those days when the number of disciples was multiplying, there arose a complaint against the Hebrews by the Hellenists because their widows were neglected in the daily distribution. Then the twelve summoned the multitude of the disciples and said, It is not desirable that we should leave the word of God and serve tables. Therefore, brethren, seek out from among you seven men of good reputation, full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom, who we may appoint over this business. But we will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word. And the saying pleased the whole multitude. And they chose Stephen, a, full, uh, a man full of faith and the Holy Spirit, and Philip, uh, Prochorus, Nic uh, Nicanor, Timon, and Parmenas, and Nicholas, a proselyte from Antioch whom they set before the apostles. And when they had prayed, they laid hands on them. Then the word of God spread, and the number of disciples multiplied greatly in Jerusalem, and a great many of the priests were obedient to the faith. So this was a time when the, the church had just been birthed. The church is expanding rapidly. Disciples, people are coming to the Lord daily. But... In amongst all that, the, there was a time where the widows were being neglected. And the apostles, instead of doing what they were called to be and do, they were having to serve and, and just do just what needed to be done because there was no one else to do it. And there came a time when they said, we, this has got to stop because we are being hindered. The Word of God's got to go out. We've got to preach. We've got to teach. We've got to pray. We're not being as well affected as we could be because we're doing this. So 
They said, well, appoint seven men. They will be good, good reputation, full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom. And they set a number of people, seven to be specific. And it says there in verse 3, the Holy Spirit wisdom who we may appoint. So these men, these seven men, were appointed over this business. And that word business is the same Greek word for the word need. So when I read out in the beginning in Luke 19 about the need that Jesus had, this word business, it's just the, same, the same word in Greek. So again, there was a great need in the very beginning of the church. And like I said, there is a need still here today. Not just this church, this is every church. For servants, that we may be more effective. Now, these men were appointed. And then it says there in verse 7, Then the word of God spread, and the number of the disciples multiplied greatly in Jerusalem. So, after people were appointed to do various things, these seven were appointed to care for the, the cares for the, the widows, they were essentially freed up to preach the word. No longer was this, this, this burden or this task, this time put upon them. They could now be more effective in ministering the word. And it says, like I said, in verse 7, then the word of God spread. See, when we don't serve, we're putting a burden on the next person. We're putting the burden on everyone else. But Jesus has called us, just as he was himself, to be servants. We're serving God. Never forget that. We're not just serving man. Yes, that's true. But it's ultimately unto God what we're doing. One of these men, Stephen, that was appointed of the seven, he was a mighty evangelist. There were signs and wonders that accompanied him as he preached. So this man, this evangelist who had, let's call it a platform ministry, he was, you know, in front of everyone. This man was one that actually humbled himself and was willing to be just a servant, just to serve tables. This man, Stephen, ended up being the first martyr. This man, Stephen, was a great evangelist. God used him mightily. It says that he was full of the Holy Spirit. And this man's life was a great evidence of the humility and the servant heart that he had. Remember, God's always going to test you in the small things. If you're faithful in the little, he'll give you, he'll give you more. And so I want to ask us today, you know, some of the things in the scriptures are so clear. And we all want to know what we're called to be and do, but I want to say it all begins with serving. Samuel was just serving Eli in the house of God when he first heard the voice of God. And to, to serve, there is a great honor in serving. There is a great honor before God to serve his children. And there is such greatness, there is such greatness in serving 
God. Like I said, there's a place for every one of you. And so today is really just an exhortation, which means it's, a, it's an encouragement with a little bit of correction in there. But I want to ask you today, what does your life look like towards God? Are you being used by God? Are you effective for His kingdom? It all begins with serving. I want to tell you, there is, there is no greater joy once you've been saved than walking in your calling. You, you'll never find a greater joy. You won't be completely satisfied until you are walking completely in your calling. There's always going to be that something deep in you because God has created you to be someone and do something for Him. And until you are in that place, until that need of the Lord Jesus Christ is met, you will not be completely satisfied. There'll be a measure of joy, of course, that comes through righteousness, joy and peace in the Holy Spirit. But there's going to be a measure of something that you're missing. There's something of called to be. I'm a shape. I'm a shape. I'm a circle. I'm a square. But I don't know where that square thing fits. I want to tell you, it all begins in serving. And I want to tell you, God so honors the servants and I want to say how important you are. Those already that are pouring out themselves, I know there's a number of you pouring yourselves out in the ministry. I know you guys are completely blessed, but I want us all to take that on board, what I've said today, that actually we want to be those people. I want to be that person who honors God with my life. I want to honor honor God with my complete and total being. I want to I wanna pour out myself for my brothers and sisters unto God. I want to be effective. I want to be used in the kingdom of heaven before the Lord Jesus takes me. I want to stand before him and saying, well done, good and faithful. You were faithful with whatever I gave you. Yes, you might have started cleaning toilets or doing youth ministry or tea and coffee or whatever it is. But today... Well done, good and faithful. You've been great before me. You've done great things for me. You've expanded my kingdom. I want to hear that. I want each of you to hear that when the Lord returns. So I just want to pray. Lord, I want to thank you first and foremost, Lord Jesus, that Lord, you came, you came as that humble servant. Lord, you poured your life out for me. You poured your life out for us. You poured your life out for the world. Lord, I want to thank you for your servant heart. Lord, you have gone before us. You have given us, Lord, your perspective. You've given us, Lord, the foundation of our lives. Lord, it is to sow just as you did. You sowed your life into others. You sowed your life into ministry. You sowed your life unto death. Father God, I'm asking, Lord, that we today, Lord, you would put on our hearts, Lord, where we can serve you. Lord, we just want to, may that be the words and the confession of our lips, Lord, let me serve you. 
just as you did unto us, Lord. We want to, you've bought us for a, at a price. You've bought us for a reason. Lord, I'm asking right now, Lord, that you would begin to move in our hearts, Lord. Lord, you would call us into, Lord, wherever there is need. Lord, out in the world, it might be overseas. It might be in another state. Father God, it might be here in this church. Whatever you've called us to be and do, I'm asking right now, Lord, that you would lay it on each of our hearts. And Lord, there would be the grace for it. Because Lord, there is a grace. I thank you that when we make that commitment, Lord, there is a grace and there is an empowerment, Lord, to do the work that you've called us to do. Lord, I want to lift up every servant already. Those that are weary, Lord, those maybe that are discouraged, those are disheartened. Father God, I'm asking particularly for them. Lord, you would lift them this day. Father God, I ask that they would be exalted. They would be refreshed. They would be freshly strengthened in their spirit, in their body. Father God, I thank you, Lord. Your word says that we are not to grow weary while doing good. So, Father God, I right now, I come against all weariness. I ask, Lord, it would be completely lifted off every one of your servants, Lord. And I'm lifting up those also, Lord, who feel like they do not have a place. Father God, I tear down that lie right now. And I'm asking right now, each person would be positioned, Lord, in your kingdom, whether it's this church, another church, Lord, they would be completely positioned for success in your kingdom. Father God, I thank you. There's no greater blessing than serving you. Oh, Lord, give us that revelation today, Lord. Give us the revelation today, Lord, that we can be a servant of the Lord God Most High. There's no greater blessing. There's no greater honor to serve a living God. So I commit every person here to you. And I ask it all in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. Amen.